0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 519 for Wednesday, the 30th of August, 2017. It's nice to have you here. And uh, I'm joined tonight by Sasha Dermatis and my friend Shizu Yamaguchi. Uh, Shizu, what are you going to be covering with us tonight?
1: I'm going to be talking about the life changing art magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo.
0: It's art, it's magic. Yeah, it's it's It's
1: art, it's magic, it's it's all these things. It's all about cleaning up house.
0: Nice. Uh, We're going to learn how to apply that to my office and studio space as well. Just in time for our 10th anniversary when everyone's going to be here and judging me for my messes. Um, Also, I'm going to be covering uh, Unicode characters tonight. We're going to learn how to use those in order to um, integrate Font Awesome into our graphic editor. Tonight we're going to be showing you in the GNU image manipulation program.
2: Right, and I am going to talk a little bit more about Dave's computer build, Ooh. which is awesome and on its way, and also, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. My teleprompter screen is still not working. Oh.
0: So if you wonder why she's looking down, now you know.
2: Burger King now has its own cryptocurrency in Russia, the Whopper coin. The Pepper robot has demonstrated its ability to perform a funeral in place of a Buddhist monk. A nasty firmware update butchers Samsung smart TVs so badly that they have to be repaired. And DJI has announced a bug bounty program to pay hackers to report exploits. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV.
0: Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs.
2: Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv
1: is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Please help me welcome Sasha Dermatis Hello. back with us again tonight and for the first time ever. Shizu Yamaguchi. Yay. Nice to see you. Hello. And uh, we're gonna get all into uh, you know how we know each other and, and uh, what you're up to, and uh, we're gonna be get, getting into it a few in a few minutes time. Uh, we are on our core stools tonight. That's right. If you're not familiar with them, <laughs> hey, go over to cat5.tv/stool and if you see me kind of rocking back and forth, that's that's what's causing it. Doing I'm your working core my core. Workout. Yeah. The
2: best thing about these stools actually for me is that they actually make me look like I'm the tallest here. I guess so. I'd raised can. all the way up.
0: There we go. But now How's I'd be happening? falling over. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm not confident unless my feet are on the ground. <laughs> plain and simple um our 10th anniversary is coming up yes september 27th it's almost upon us folks um how can people join us tonight uh that night
2: they request tickets yeah yeah so do that category
0: 5.tv folks yes uh our 27 uh on the 27th of september is our 10th anniversary for category 5 tech tv It's hard to believe, but uh, we'd love to welcome you right here in our studio. And uh, that would be really, really cool to have you here. So just head over to our website, category5.tv, and click on tickets, and you'll find out how to attend. Yeah. Uh, A bunch of us are going to be here. It's um, going to
2: be reminiscent of, like, the fifth one. Where everybody was here, well, right?
0: A little different because we have our own studio now. Yeah, that's true. When we did the fifth anniversary, we had to get an auditorium and move all the equipment over and set everything up mm-hmm. and tear it down afterwards and all that. Now th- we, we have our own studio, so here we are.
2: The so. fifth anniversary one was like my first-ish episode. The first-ish, yeah. So this is like my fifth-ish anniversary.
0: There you go. With the show, hard to believe, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. Uh, okay. Shizu.
1: Yes. Nice hi. to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Shizu and I uh worked together without actually working together. Kind of the world that we live in where um Yeah, it
1: was all virtual. We were emailing yeah. and uh on on the telephone. On the telephone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah.
0: Um, This is only the second time that we've met. Uh, My family and I went down to the ESAT offices. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. exactly. Hang out for a little
0: bit there. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's so neat that technology has brought businesses to the point where uh, a company like ESAT, we can sell um, to people all over the world. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, Today, I was remoted into a customer's computer in Edmonton. Oh, wow. Their server to fix their remote administrator. Wow! Like, that's okay. the world yeah, that we're yeah. in, where it's so um, connected that we can, we can do that kind of thing. Yeah. So, we've worked together for quite some time, but yeah, yeah. Uh, don't really know each other in person,
1: <laughs> which is really yeah. a
0: weird feeling. So, now
1: we're in front of a camera. This yeah, expensive. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that we
0: had this discussion, was it just last week, mm-hmm. where we're just talking about, it's such a weird thing that uh, you can get to know somebody so well, and never actually meet them in person.
2: It's these yeah. Days. It's crazy and it's yeah. yeah. I feel very close to like the chat room. Like like Absolutely. Yeah. We're friends. But I've never actually met like like literally I could walk past in the street anybody in the chat room. Yeah. I'd have to be walking down the street like in the UK or something. <laughs> but but yeah, I would I know I feel like I know everybody so well, but at the same time physically like I don't I've never met you.
0: I think you would run up to her and say hi, right? Please do. So y'all would recognize Sasha. So. Yes. So this is kind of neat. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing these days. And
1: Sure. Yeah. So I met Robbie at ESET. Uh, we were uh, working together. Um, I myself am a graduate of psychology from the University of Toronto, been in toronto for about 10 years uh grew up on the east coast uh currently going into school for graphic design at ocad university cool. and uh running some businesses on the side as well uh doing public speaking training as well as graphic design so that's kind of where i'm at right now
0: and you're uh, public speaking i hear you're also doing uh, some of the stand-up uh, yes. circuit in Toronto? Oh.
1: <laughs> so I'm just starting with this. Okay. Um, so I took uh, a Second City class, Stand Up 1, nice. um, as a suite to an improv class that I took with them a number of years ago. And I'm starting Stand Up 2 now and uh, just kind of dipping my toe into the world of stand up. have done two for, two performances so far, three to five minute long sets. Yeah. And, uh, just
0: and how do you find that? Jumping like, is in. That
1: um, the first time I performed, it was in front of about a hundred people, friends and family. I mm-hmm. was too calm. Oh, like yeah? I felt I was too calm, and but the second time I went up, it was in front of also kind of a friends and family oriented place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like terrifying. I was like so nervous. Yeah. Did, so it's it's is just, it just interesting. Did
0: Patton Oswalt introduce you? To me, originally from B.E.I. Prince Edward is here in Toronto selling software. She aims to be a full-time graphic designer and performer. And so uh, let's help her get started. Please welcome Shizu Yamaguchi. My dad, being Japanese, was very much a
1: disciplinarian. Over the years, though, this
0: thing has decreased significantly. He adapted to North American culture <laughs> <laughs> to the point that he can tell me and my sister apart. Like <laughs> Patton Oswalt. The guy looked—he like. oh. <laughs> looked so much like Patton.
1: <laughs> you know what? You mentioned him, but no, no, that was uh, that was Jim. Uh, Jim McAleese, he's one of the teachers at wow. Second City. Yeah, he's really it's good. He's are really good. Oh, in the video
0: at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he back. would
1: like that if he's. Oh well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, no, it's, it's a compliment and, and and a compliment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. he does
0: the stand up. Yeah, for sure. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the latest thing.
0: So tonight you are here with us uh, mm-hmm. because uh, now I've been really um, preparing for our 10th anniversary show here at Category mm-hmm. Five, mm-hmm. and we've all been through this where you know you you have trouble decluttering and organizing and my biggest um challenge here at the studio is as you saw today
1: Mm -hmm. so shizu
0: um i was explaining to her that you know you look at the boxes that we have of product that it has been sent in to review and Mm -hmm. and i know that there are some companies that are watching even right now who um maybe don't understand when i've uh, unfortunately had to turn your products away um and this happens and this has happened you know more more regularly now than ever before so we've got boxes of stuff to review and then in come more boxes yeah while you're standing here now we've got more so so i unpack these boxes we review the product as as quickly as we can Mm -hmm. and then we've got packaging we've got the original shipping packaging i go through this where uh, we just you know, I'm not here enough to keep up. With. Right.
1: So, what happens to the items after you're done with them? Do you send them back, or do they no. stay, or you hold on to them? Or? They
0: stay. Um, okay. So we um, we quite often put them on display.
1: Oh. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: For for the companies that are promoting their products through us, we'll right. quite often bring them out again. Okay. And sometimes we'll even give them away as prizes. Wow. So that's ultimately the goal is to be able to oh, give them away. Okay.
1: I see. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in terms of segueing into this 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 book that I've read. So is this a tell segue? A little, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I, so you know, this is this is my predicament. Yeah, yeah. And Shizu contacted me and said, You've got to check out this book. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this.
1: Okay. Well, um, so the book is called The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and it's by author Marie Kondo. She's a Japanese Declutterer—that's what she does for a living now. So this book this was is a. Her job. This is her job, wow. actually. And actually, there are now consultants all I over the world.
0: Fail. <laughs> I would be <laughs> fired first day.
1: Yeah. No, you're pretty thorough. You'd, you, you'd get it. Um, so it's a. It was a, a New York Times bestseller, number one bestseller. Uh, I think in and around the beginning of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so this lady has a. Her, so she's a declutterer slash cleaner, home organizer for for a living. Um, she has a way list of three months of clients and the claim is that after tidying up the way she does it you will never have to do it again so it's not the kind of thing where you do it on a monthly basis do it on the six months year you do it once and it's done so I'm not sure if that applies exactly to your scenario, right. because you're constantly office, getting... yeah. Constantly yeah mm-hmm. and I'm at not,
0: home, I can see it working.
1: Yes, yes. at home, definitely. So basically, uh, I did this method this past Saturday. So I took 12 hours of my life out right. to uh, take my room apart. And at the end of it, I had 12 bags of... Like, 12 garbage bags sitting in my living room. Wow. Um, There was so much stuff. I had no idea myself that I was such a hoarder. Like, I had so much stuff. And my way of cleaning up prior to this was just to organize stuff, you know? Just put the clothes where the clothes were supposed to go, books where the books were supposed to go. That was the way I cleaned up. I always felt better afterwards. But this time was different. Um, So her method is different in one specific way and that is um, she focuses like the the subtitles actually decluttering and organizing. So the Mm -hmm. first part is decluttering and the rule that she goes by is to only keep things that spark joy. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so what that means is that if you have a shirt say that you wear once every three months and you have maybe it doesn't fit quite right but you kind of like it and you're like you have mixed feelings Uh that one's got to go
0: get rid of it yeah get rid of it i have shirts that i despise
1: (laughs) okay so so yeah so there's going to be a range there's going to be shirts that you absolutely despise Mm -hmm. a shirt that maybe you know a relative gave to you 10 years ago that you're holding on to for memento's sake uh there's going to be a shirt that you just bought last week that was expensive but didn't fit quite right and then there's going to be that shirt that's going to be like oh my gosh I love this shirt I right. love wearing it it's it sparks joy and <laughs> <laughs> so this is the method you go through and it's very methodical you go through clothes first and then all the different types of clothing, tops bottoms all that kind of thing uh, books and then papers which relates a little bit to technology in the sense that um, she basically says get rid of all paper except for two types. One type is paper that you need to action on. Like, let's say it's a government document that you need to send back. Like a
0: bill or something yeah, like that? Something yeah, something like that that you need okay. to
1: action on. And the second type um, is basically any kind of financial records that you absolutely have to keep. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, having a computer with a good Google Drive or, or whatever kind of technology is, is a great way of keeping your, your site paperless, aside from those types of documents. So would
0: we start scanning things that it- like probably, what's the answer?
1: Probably not. I yeah. would say if she had like a suite to this, this book in terms of translating that into a technology kind mm-hmm. of kind of field, she would probably keep that to a minimum as well. Because the idea is, is to have the least number of things on your mind. Oh, letting so it's not going of the past. Your yeah.
0: Your room but also like your mind and your life.
1: Yeah, so that's Kay. that's part of the results, which is um so, I'll, I will get back to you on, on that question of what mm-hmm. you do with all of that stuff, well, right? Well, what,
0: what comes to mind, um, Becca, you, you know, like, we get tons and tons of papers from the, from the kids' teachers.
2: Schools. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And every parent out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Jeff?
2: Is it Yeah. Is it important to have the actual papers? Could you not just take a picture of them and, like, file them in, like, grade three? Like, this just have a file of, like, grade three pictures I of things. I
0: want to know your answer to this. yeah. But yeah. we run into this predicament yeah. of these are sentimental in the way that our kids have done these crafts and even math homework. And things that, you know, I'm so proud that my son got 100% on his math. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to hold on to that. What, you know, obviously you've got to go through it and, you gotta, and, and we recycle it and you know, mm-hmm. do our best mm-hmm. to to get rid of it but what's what's kind of the answer there is so, there a magic answer
1: there I, <laughs> yeah i guess the answer should be magic um this lady's it's exactly on the cover of the book yeah. and I, I feel like having great words like magic on the cover of a book are, are great but anyway um, she's been doing this kind of work just as a side note since she was five years old so she's been Obsessed basically with really? home organization. She would throw out bags of stuff that belonged to her parents. Like she would go through the house and just organize things, but take time off of school to do these things.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but this is her method.
1: This is her method. Like yeah. she,
0: developed yeah. method. she developed this method. Yeah,
1: she developed this method. And so one of the things that she did do at one point in time was like try to take pictures of the things that yeah. she found valuable. And so she's gone through all of these methods. And I think her answer would be. Um, to that, does it spark joy? And if it does, like hold that. on to it, you know. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you know you kind of, you know, you say goodbye, you know. And that's what the the process was like for me when I was doing it. Was you know yeah. this this old T-shirt they had had for about ten years. I said goodbye to it. Literally, I had tears in my eyes because I was just like, this needs to go. It's yeah. not for me anymore. And I just <laughs> said goodbye. But those things that do spark joy, you hold on to them.
0: That's interesting, and yeah. I like that. And a lot of times with these kinds of philosophies or sayings or clichés mm-hmm. even yeah. the opposite is true so in, in the opposite to that is things that bring sadness or mm-hmm. bad memories yeah. or yeah. you know those kinds of things they can just go
1: exactly and, that, and that's the interesting part about it is that it's very subjective. Um, it's because, for example, you might come across something that objectively came from someone that, let's say from a parent or someone that mm-hmm. you were close to at one time, but it causes you a lot of pain when you see it because it reminds you of something negative. For someone else, they might say, well, well it comes from this person, so you should hold on to right. it. But for you personally, it's about how you feel about it. So right. if you feel this, it's a weight, you need to let it go so it 's an interesting process, and I found it for myself to be at points quite emotional and Once the process was done, um, I felt quite calm and more confident with my decision making because going through all of those things, hundreds of things of thinking to myself, "Does it spark joy does it what emotion does this cause me? Do I have to let it go?" All these things that were kind of caught up in my mind and in the past are now kind of physically gone so mm-hmm. Um, so actually, this book is interesting because the results are really interesting for her clients um, she 's cited some clients have uh, gone through tremendous relationship changes afterwards, like for example, uh, separations, for example it, it can get pretty severe <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but also uh, like career changes and people getting clarity about what they mm-hmm. want to do with their lives so Um, To me, it makes sense. I'm only, you know, so far a few days into it, but I feel much more chill as a person as a result. Yeah. Is
2: there a part two to it? So you're decluttering the things that you already have, but have you changed the mindset for acquiring new things now? Are you only bringing into your life things that bring you joy? Well, definitely. That's a good question because
1: now I find when I go shopping or when I go around window shopping, I don't feel like I want to buy anything because I'm I have that process in mind already like what is going to bring me joy and I already feel like I'm somewhat satisfied where I am I guess Mm -hmm. now the only thing is (laughs) just buying things that maybe Okay, this is kind of embarrassing, but so my, okay, look, my collection of socks, we'll say, was not the best, and so I had to throw out a bunch of them, right. so now now I have to get new ones, essentially. So, these, these are the kinds of things that you recognize that right. this old pair of sandals that I was wearing for the past like two years, like they really needed to go, and now I need to get a new pair. So, you're looking at things more in a long-term perspective and in, not in a perspective of, oh, you know, I feel like just buying something right now, because right. you think, oh, no, I'm going to have to deal with that when I get home, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Well, we're talking about uh, the book The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up with our guest Shizu Yamaguchi. And um, this book is actually available through our shop. It's cat5.tv slash tidy. <laughs> That'll get you there. Um, so how can we tra- Now, this is obviously good advice, and, and it's something that I want to learn for um, For my own life and for like at home and and Mm -hmm. just keeping things tidy and and getting rid of some junk. Mm -hmm. But how can I translate this into um, my office space, my studio space, Um, those at home who have home offices? It's Mm -hmm. another good example. I know we've all got a lot of clutter that we could probably do away with and it would be so freeing to...
1: Um, I would say... To to take the book and just go through the process with your home office, yeah. I think that would be the method. Um, I think by going through your papers and going through items such as things that are being sent in, you would for yourself get a sense of what kinds of things you'll want to keep and what things right. you'll, you'll put away or, you know, the categories of things I think will become more clear as you go through the process of what you already have. So mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like kind of dealing with what you already have will make that path clear for the future as to what you want to bring in and keep and how you want to deal with that. So I would I would highly recommend just going through the process. It takes some time, but it's it's an all in one go kind of thing. So uh but I would recommend just doing the process with the book.
0: Even just speaking with you right now, Shizu? Yeah. Just beyond you I see three printers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm like, Why, Robbie? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just you know so yeah okay i yeah, get it i yeah. think i get it yeah so i need to read the book cat5.tv slash tidy mm-hmm. uh, any other advice for us
1: uh live long and prosper
0: nicely said <laughs> nicely said well this is category five technology tv welcome to the show it's nice to have you here um sasha we're gonna jump over to the newsroom and uh find out what you've yes. got for us today
2: Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Burger King now has its own cryptocurrency in Russia, the Whopper coin. The Pepper robot has demonstrated its ability to perform a funeral in place of a Buddhist monk. A nasty firmware update butchers Samsung Smart TVs so badly that they have to be repaired. And DJI has announced a bug bounty program to pay hackers to report exploits. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Jeff Weston, Yama. you're building a brand new, beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. That's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost for just $5 and a bit of change per month. You are gonna get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. nice to put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run if you want to build a WordPress site, fine, sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find: five dollars in change per month. Go to cap5.tv/dreamhost.
2: I'm Sasha Derrmas and here are the top stories for the week of August 30th 2017. According to New York Magazine, who published the story based on a Russian news report, the Russian subdivision of Burger King has launched its own cryptocurrency, aptly called Whoppercoin. For each Whopper burger customers purchase, they'll receive one Whopper coin in a special cryptocurrency wallet. While the coin's wider use is unclear, some reports suggest that the Whopper coin will be accepted as a method of payment at Burger King's across Russia. Burger King has reportedly issued one billion Whopper coin tokens to date on Wave's platform, though it is possible that there will be more to come. According to reports, Burger King Russia is now accepting Bitcoin as as a form of payment so a burger paid for in bitcoin would be like it would cost like point 0. zero 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 three one four. Bitcoin. not even like oh my goodness like, i
0: like that she used pie yeah in there
2: i like that too yeah it's very
0: nicely <laughs> nicely played uh anyone else craving a whopper right about now like yeah jeff is <laughs> i wonder if this is just specifically that like Let's do something crazy just to really get a lot of news outlets to cover. Yeah, Whopper Coin. Whopper is that what Coin. they called it?
2: Yeah, it's no, it's no different than any incentive program at all, really. Right. Except that it's cryptocurrency, and which is it's getting kind of- them
0: free viral promotions, right, like crazy. But it's, it's kind of neat. I like that they're going that route, and it's interesting. You know, raises some questions that it's only Russia, but. we'll see what happens here in canada and around the u.s
2: (laughs) when the robot apocalypse apocalypse comes robots will be able to say a prayer over your remains thanks to japan's softbank this week at tokyo's international funeral and cemetery show softbank's pepper robot demonstrated its ability to perform buddhist ritual funeral rites through third-party software designed for the task Draped in traditional Japanese funeral garb, Pepper not only presided over a faux death ceremony, it also chanted Buddhist sutras taking over the usual role of a human monk during such ceremonies. So far, Pepper isn't actually performing any real funeral rites, but Japan's Nesai Echo developed the funeral soft- software as a it's the funeral software for Pepper as an alternative when a Buddhist monk isn't available or when the family can't afford the much more expensive human practitioner. The service will cost about $450 versus the thousands of dollars usually spent for a human. Wow. So this, this is where robots cost less than humans, and now can. I don't know how I feel about this, and this is weird for me to say because I'm really pro ro- robot all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have any opinions on this one? But like, because you're you're big on robots and.
1: It's, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. So they actually perform the rights. They don't yes. just yeah. say that's. It is really interesting. I'm not sure I don't... how that would affect the more the older generation. Mm-hmm.
2: of
0: but I Japanese wonder if that's folk. kind of the target or the goal is to reduce the cost of funeral services in right. order to... I mean, because it's, I, I, it's It's a really an fascinating population. integration,
1: I think, because yeah. it's, it's something that's re- so related to things that are so emotional and so human. Yeah. And, Take that and yet you're taking AI and bringing that into it. Uh, it it's yeah. more... It would be more appropriate, I would think, in in like a shopping mall or like at a checkout right. or something like that. But I yeah. feel like it, it's such a Envolving. interesting contrast, moving it right into
2: something so spiritual. deeply, yeah, spiritual. Exactly. It's yeah. I feel like it would have to be for the right person and the right families. Uh, like
0: that's what I wonder, like who millennials who would and
2: forward. For I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe that's it. But um, <laughs> would it be like I don't know? It, it kind of irks me a little bit.
2: It's, and it's funny because I really think that robots are, like, super awesome all the time. But for my own personal funeral, I hope it's a person. That, really do. T- t- yeah. Yeah. But I think
0: some things deserve that human touch.
2: I'm so happy Jeff is not on air. <laughs> yeah,
0: Jeff evening. is biting his tongue over behind <laughs> the camera. We're going to hear about this in a week, folks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So on this one, Jeff wins. Okay.
0: I do have a good example of what robots can be used for. So stick around and we'll we'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes.
2: Okay. Owners of smart of Samsung smart TVs say their swish sets are basically unusable after being after a bungled firmware update. The update was so bad, it looked as though people it will require people to send or bring their televisions back to base to repair for repair to correct the issue. Pardon me. People posting on Samsung UK's support forums report that an update released on August 8th rendered many newer smart sets, such as the 50-inch Ultra HD and 49-inch 4K displays, entirely unusable. Judging from the dozens of complaints, the gear functioned as expected prior to getting the most recent firmware upgrade from the South Korean giant. After that software is installed, the smart televisions are stuck on a single- channel, the remotes don't work, the volume can't be adjusted, or in some cases, they are just totally inoperable. We saw this last week with the smart door locks, and it's a terrible situation for end users. Don't install firmware updates, and you'll miss out on security patches and potentially be vulnerable to exploit or other threats. Do install the updates, and your device might be bricked. Yikes. So is every Samsung TV now going to be at no, risk well no it's no? not
0: it's not a risk to every TV it's right. it's a it's a select patch but um, the fact is is where how how do you have confidence? And we're seeing this more and more because computers are getting their updates automatically. Devices, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you pull your phone out of your pocket and it says these, the, this, this, and this have been updated. I never asked it to, but it, it did it. It just does it. And is it going to break things? People bring in a, a Windows 10 computer that won't boot anymore because Tuesday's updates made it so that their computer wouldn't boot.
2: Yeah. And
0: so if- what do you? Where do you? Do you turn off the updates? I don't think that's the answer. That's
2: probably not the answer. Right. There should be maybe a trial update done, like at the Samsung base, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Like some beta
0: testing before they roll test it out some to things. the universe? Samsung
2: really keeps learning this lesson.
0: They have made mistakes in their time <laughs> yes. recently. Oh, my goodness. Did we go there?
2: Yeah. So Thinking port-
0: about explosions and lawsuits.
2: Right. And- so all you need to do is a little bit of testing. I would say. That's
0: all you need to do, folks. Yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) Bending to public (laughs) pressure as more and more drone hackers break into their kits, Chinese firm DJI has now announced a bug bounty program. Security researchers, academic scholars, and independent experts often provide a valuable service by analyzing the code in DJI's apps and other software products and bringing concerns to public attention, said DJI's Director of Technical Standards, Walter Stockwell, in a canned quote. This comes on the heels of of hackers discovering hot-patching frameworks hidden inside DJI's app, which it removed last week. In particular, DJI is interested in bugs pertaining to safe flight or data pri- privacy. Payouts will range between one hundred and thirty thousand dollars and $30,000, depending on the potential impact of the threat. Conscientious drone hackers are invited to email bugbounty at DJI, dji.com with details of flaws and fails. Big thanks this week to the Albuquerque Turkey, Roy W. Nash, and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. And don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. For the last time. Ever.
0: We're going to be introducing Sasha Rickman in just a few weeks? Yes. Wow. It's upon us, folks. All right. Well, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson.
2: I'm Sasha Dermatis. I'm Shizu Yamaguchi.
0: Nice to see you. Nice to have everybody here. And uh, now I mentioned I was going to show you a good use for a robot. Have you heard of the yes. Da Vinci robot? No. No. Okay. Now this... I'm going to show you a clip. It, it aired about a year ago, but it's just now really making its, it's, making its rounds on social media and things like that. Mm-hmm. So imagine a use case for robots and then watch as the Da Vinci robot s- sutures a grape. Oh, wow. Okay. So speaking of good uses for robotics and thinking oh. about microsurgeries and the intricacies Mm-hmm. Wow, and how much easier it is for somebody to uh, to heal quickly and be um, able to leave the hospital quickly.
2: Right. Yeah, if you just needed s- simple stitches, you could just go to like the the stitches kiosk in the hospital. <laughs> go to like an automated just, like, machine where you drop in some coins and then that's right. Like insert nice limb. insert yeah. Do you think that's how
0: Da Vinci works?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm picturing it like like the robot claw that comes down and grabs the um the, the toy, animals. the stuffed toy, yeah, and you then, just, then you like yeah.
0: Oh my. <laughs> wow, this is really taking a turn. But there you have it. So that's there's awesome. a, a finished suture. Wow. And that's so amazing. just so intriguing, but wow. what a use for robotics. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are some good some good use cases in... in, in, I mean, you're looking at it right now. So not everything is is perfect. Look at that. Wow. From Da Vinci surgery, inside a bottle.
1: It's so interesting where technology is is these days. When we go back to the news item about those TVs breaking down because Mm -hmm. of, you know, updates. But then on the other hand, you have these machines that can do a better job than, you know, the human Mm -hmm. with the shaky hand or who had a late night... It's really right. interesting that it's just all over the place. It depends on where you are on the map, exactly mm-hmm. where the benefit's coming in. And then there's all those risks popping up as well.
0: And I think about how how miniature the surgery yeah. can be yeah. with those kinds of robotics and so precise yeah. that... Uh, You hear about, I I hear a fair bit about microsurgeries these days.
2: We had a story about a 3D printed heart. It was on all one piece, 3D printed heart. Yeah, and it it
0: actually worked.
2: It works, and it's only good for, I mean, it hasn't been used in in a human yet, but it only works for about 30 days. But really, it would bridge the gap if you're waiting for a a transplant. Absolutely, yeah. Right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean... Most of the time, these things are amazing. And yeah. then your TV gets bricked or your phone explodes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So that's uh, that's it for the news. And we're going to move along with, uh, we've got a fair bit to cover, but um, Sasha is actually, I'll, I'll let you know, because I'm not sure if you're aware, Sasha is building her own computer. Oh,
1: yes, yes. This is from previous episodes, right? As it's, well. a, it's, it's a multi part series, like, yeah, okay, and we're yeah. currently
0: at part four. Yeah. And um, so, w- do you want to kind of explain wh- where we're at at this point?
2: We're at the receiving boxes part. <laughs> <laughs> So, last week, um, we made a shopping list, and I immediately went home, and I ordered a whole bunch of stuff, yeah, and it yeah. was it's
1: on its way. super
2: fun. Um, and lots of the boxes have now arrived, so that's super cool. So, what we?
0: What have we got? I saw the CPU fan.
2: Right. I saw the, the
0: CPU itself. The motherboard is beautiful. Oh,
2: it is sharp. It the really is. The keyboard and it's mouse. It's even better
0: than I expected. Uh, yeah, the keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Um, yes.
2: Yeah. Other things are so, sort of on They're their on way. Route, so,
0: respecting those. I, for
2: I really hour. do want to thank Frank, Joseph, and Robert, who all have donated for the build. Thank you so much from the absolute bottom of my heart. I cannot wait to share this with Dave and to show him all that everybody's done from, you know, coming up with the idea of like the whole vision. Was yeah. created by you, so thank you. This
0: is like the first cloud build. Mm-hmm. Like you, viewers, you you've helped um, to design the system, to pick out the parts, to um, to even fund it now, and we appreciate that very very much. Um, if you'd like to pitch in now, understand that this is a wedding gift for Sasha's husband. Yes, But you're going to utilize it as well. Of it's course. going to be your, your family computer. So um, so if you'd like to contribute to that as a bit of a wedding gift to the, the happy couple, um, head on over to um, donate.category5.tv. And uh, you can see there, there's an option to donate specifically to that. So a couple of questions that have arisen since then right? Um, that we never thought to bring up. And I'll explain why. Because some of the technologies that I didn't bring up, are things that I don't use in a desktop computer ever? But I thought, well, we better ask you and the viewers in the forum at slash cpu 2017 wanted to know: Do you need Wi-Fi? Is your computer going to be connected to wireless? How do you currently connect your computer? Well,
2: okay, so I looked a little into it. Right now, we we're connected into the like the actual box. A physical router,
0: like a cable going into the computer. Yes, fantastic. How-
2: <laughs> However,
0: okay.
2: so we rent a basement apartment and we have one router that connects like upstairs and downstairs. Like we've all, oh, it's, you share it right, with the house? we share it with the whole <coughs> house. Okay. And right now it's in our apartment, but evidently there's connection issues upstairs and they wanted to move it upstairs. Oh. So I've been really oh. encouraging that we don't do that. Instead, we get one of those things that just like expands the, you know, there's like. You know what I'm talking about? The little thing. The repeater. Yeah. Um,
0: so I want to keep it an close an to place.
2: us so that we don't have to be okay. Wi Fi. The answer is yes ish. Yes ish, okay. I might that need it. That could be
0: a predicament. So Wi Fi is not as reliable and it's not as fast. Exactly. Okay. So um, you're going to have issues with Wi-Fi. So we didn't put a Wi-Fi adapter in it. We didn't buy a motherboard that had built-in Wi-Fi. We're not going to need it. And I wanted to suggest that if you do need Wi-Fi, just buy a USB dongle. Because that way, as Wi-Fi technology evolves, you can just pull out that and plug in a new one and they're cheap. Um, And it doesn't have to be part of the build.
2: Right. I'm really usually quite easygoing, but I've very much put my foot down in this yeah. whole router movement thing. So
0: is there a cable that goes from your router all the way up to the apartment upstairs? Or are they using Wi-Fi?
2: Is it weird that I don't know? I don't it's know. It's very
0: strange. It's very strange. I
2: don't... I I, I wonder if know. they're using Wi-Fi. They probably are, and it's not working out and so well for them. And they're having trouble, and <laughs> they
0: want to reverse that so you're the one having trouble. Yeah. So I think you should have somebody in that can run what's called a network drop, an Ethernet cable that goes up through the walls or through the floor okay. into the router and then extends that to uh, what's called a switch. So you have the router and then a big long cable going down to your apartment or vice versa and then a switch on the other end which turns that one cable into five ports right So then you can network them all together but keep in mind even the way that you're doing this the way that you have your computer connecting to a network with the people upstairs if they got a virus if they got ransomware Mm -hmm. your computer is susceptible oh okay because you're on the same what's called a local area network it's a computer network all of them can talk to each other like your office all the computers can access each other's files and communicate with one another so i don't
2: think she knows that upstairs right that's good
0: (laughs) you're going to be you're not going to be a threat to them because you're installing linux on your computer
2: Mm -hmm.
0: however they are a threat to you because i would imagine that they probably have microsoft windows and so if you have files on your computer which you will Mm-hmm. And if they are shared in such a way that you can access them from your laptop and you can access them from your other devices, well, guess what? So can they. Okay. So you're, you, you lose privacy. Can
1: I put, like a block thing? It's the
0: same network. You're connected I don't know. to the very same network. Okay. And I'm guessing they don't have the infrastructure to add a second subnet with Again. its own isolated VPN. I don't, and I don't yeah. know. Not not likely. Okay. <laughs> At home? <laughs> Probably. So, not. so understand that, that that is a susceptibility. So okay. So you, you might want to look into. Something else, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Do you concur?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I concur with experts all the time. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good real It's a very
0: real risk, though. Okay. And ransomware is the biggest concern, I That's okay. Because they go out through the network and look for other computers and encrypt their files.
2: Right. It wouldn't actually be, like, the upstairs neighbor trying anything. It would be ransomware. Well, it
0: could be. I mean, whatever. If the Wi-Fi was open... (laughs) Your Wi-Fi reaches like two kilometers, yeah. like a mile. And so anyone who can compromise the, uh, like, because I know it sounds like you probably know a lot about your setup and the security that you have in what place.
1: Are you, what are you saying?
0: I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. And so somebody within like a, a mile of that router could connect into the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. hypothetically and still access things and all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's some con- security concerns yes. there.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Apparently oh. Google was doing that with their I don't know if you heard about that. The when Street they were D doing yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What was
0: the We're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Tell more. <laughs>
1: Tell more. Um are you asking me to tell more? Oh yes, Oh, yeah. okay. No, just apparently. They heard enough about me. <laughs> oh no, no, no. no. Um, that the uh the Google Street View cars, when they were going around, were hacking into people's not hacking into, but they were tapping into the yeah. information that was available on Wi-Fi networks that had no password. Mm-hmm. And then there were also, I think, drivers that were going about and just hacking into or tapping into Wi-Fi networks that were unprotected by passwords mm-hmm. and offering to to offer protection or something like that. So there's all sorts of these, I think, (gasps) these days... It's
0: like the roofer who put their business card and their flyer in our door because our roof needs work. Like, they they can see it from the road.
2: Yeah, yeah. So these guys are... We can tell that you need protection. You need,
0: yeah. Uh, I know that you need... this, this security software because you're wide open and I just copied yeah. all your files to this thumb drive. <laughs> like, so, th- it's, it's something
1: not, like that, yeah. Google yeah, yeah. got caught so. because yeah. they're huge, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: And they have to disclose a certain amount of information. The next guy driving around with his laptop and sniffing for open Wi-Fi hotspots is not necessarily going to get caught. Yeah, mm-hmm. You would never know. And I don't want to put fear in your heart, but I do. Because that's what protects you. (laughs) You would never know if somebody was driving around the neighborhood, got into your Wi-Fi, and started copying all your files.
2: Right. They would need to know know? my password. You'd be like,
0: oh, our internet's slow today.
2: That's right. That happens. Don't do this to me. I'm just saying. I I feel like that is
1: something more of the past, though, because most people have passwords on their Wi-Fi networks. Of course, it's always a risk, but what's that?
0: We've gotten rid of WEP. Wep. So uh, Yeah. So some older routers came with WEP uh, as the security encryption. Okay. Very, very easy to compromise. Oh, I so see. So you I could see. get around that. Pass- people put a password on it and think they're safe. Well.
1: Oh, but But it also was if really your password to... is
0: password123... Yeah, no, exactly. They also use yeah. dictionary attacks. Oh, that's my password. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 1234. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that, they, they can use dictionary attacks to try to find... And some of the most common passwords are what people are using for their Wi-Fi hotspots. Yeah. So... We did kind of digress there into a, a security discussion, but I, I yeah that I didn't know that you were sharing internet with another. So what do family. I do
2: instead of having like unlimited awesome internet? I pay for my own internet.
0: You could, if they ran a cable <laughs> from their modem down to your apartment, okay, that's one Ethernet cable that is connected to their network. Mm-hmm. You could buy a router. So it would tre- it would act as it's what you would normally connect to a modem and, and connect out to the uh, to the world. You could bridge that router so that it thinks that the connection to their apartment is actually a modem mm-hmm. and a, just a connection to the internet. And it would act as a firewall. It would stop them from being able to access anything beyond your router. Okay. So that's one way you could do it, and that's reasonably cheap. Like you can get like a Netgear router for a, a good price, you know, on Amazon or whatever. Okay. I bought mine at Future Shop, but they're no more. So.
2: That's
0: right. Amazon it is. Okay. <laughs> it was probably Amazon's fault.
2: I'm, like, I'm going to go home and ask Dave some questions about our internet, that he's going to be like, why are you asking me yeah. this?
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, the one other thing that we didn't ask about, and this is, you know, uh, I'll get into it a little bit, but um, optical media, so CDs, DVDs, being able to burn things... I have not used a CD in so many years. We have a PS4. Okay, so when you have Blu ray discs, you can play them. Yeah. But how often do you have a Blu ray disc anymore, anyway? So rare. Like, how is it the Blu ray is obsolete?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's going to be Netflix and anything else, right? Yeah. So, so you have a player that you could play your discs. So we right. don't need to put the added expense of installing a, an optical mm-hmm. media reader into the computer. Do you ever need to burn disks? And that's another thing. Like I used to burn disks because I needed a, an ISO burnt to disk. But now you use a USB flash drive.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever burn a disk. I don't think I would ever buy a disk. Like I feel yeah. like when will when that ever happen? Like
0: ESET, we, you know, <laughs> I know they're in retail. But yeah, yeah. realistically it's it's all about the downloads it, because it
2: is completely yeah.
0: And when you've got the disc mm-hmm. it's probably the version that was burnt
1: mm-hmm.
0: last spring. <laughs> you know so you might as well get the version that was just released yesterday.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's a free
0: download yeah. for for uh, people who have a license so you know. And
1: I think the question is does it spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: You don't yeah I, I have don't
1: know if it would. I
0: have boxes and boxes of CDRs that have been burnt too that I don't know what's on them.
1: Yeah. And I can't yeah. throw
0: them out because I don't know what's on them. Yeah. But I probably could. I yeah. went through that with floppy disks so many years ago. Wow. But uh, I do have an optical media drive in my laptop, but I can't remember the last time I used it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, that was me with a lot of my CDs, too. I just... The ones that I recognized...
0: Yeah.
1: I And, and Spark Joy or whatnot, um, I kept, but everything I just... Throughout, there's just no need.
0: Even music these days is MP3, yeah. and, and it really yeah. is, or AAC. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Amazon sells MP3s. Yeah. So that you know, if I buy a yeah. CD, I can get the digital download. Yeah. So I, I do tend to buy the physical CDs because I like the physical CD as like brings on a me night joy. Show,
1: kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: really you know, it's it's something tangible. Yeah. And I am very yeah. old school that way. I yeah. like to have something tangible. Yeah. Um but Amazon also gives me the MP3s at the same time. So I just don't I don't I don't often even open the C D. It just Oh wow. It's just on the shelf.
1: Do you use like the the insets or whatever? Like do you look through those for the, the lyrics or sometimes. No? Not so oh, much okay. anymore. So now but it's you just can like Google the lyrics. The lyrics you could Google. You,
0: yeah, I just bring them up in Google.
2: <laughs> I, I just have album Spotify. Album are kind of neat. Yeah, yeah I use Spotify. I use Spotify. Yeah, yeah, I don't, even when I was talking to the wedding DJ,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Well, not that I was, I have a complicated wedding planning thing. I don't actually communicate with the DJ. I talk to somebody who talks okay. to the DJ. But yep. anyway, the conversation went, well, what songs do you want to hear so I can make sure I can download them in time? Yeah. Not like. What
0: a change. I used to use yeah. reel to reels yeah. when I was DJing. Jeff, I mean, we worked in radio, and it, that was after the reel-to-reel days. But it was all well. We switched to MP3, but we were carts before that. So, yeah. But I had real t- I had two half-inch reel-to-reel machines side by side What's a, what's a, a
1: reel-to-reel? I what do you mean? Yeah, same question. Reel to reel.
0: Reel to reel tapes. So.
2: Oh, is tapes. that like a? Is that like, like a that track? No. Oh my goodness.
0: There were only four tracks per, per reel.
2: <laughs> so a four track. It's before an eight track.
0: <laughs> so uh you think of a video projector and okay. the big the big wheels. Yeah. With yeah the tape yeah,
1: in yeah. that's
2: what I had And then in my it goes hands. between
0: an, another reel and it moves through. Oh. Okay. So a reel to reel machine would, would play the audio.
1: Oh like a really big cassette, cassette tape. Oh interesting.
0: But not a cassette. It's not a cassette at all. Reel to reel player. Let's do that. I'm just gonna going to Google. There you See? go.
2: See, Google. You can Google There's a anything. Act. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: So You've it's all honestly the, never even heard. This is only audio, right? Oh, look at that. Oh, I yeah. think I've seen these machines before, but I don't think I've ever
0: I actually used to spin those as a wow. DJ. I...
2: Spin them meaning what?
0: Play m- music from those t- to DJ. So
2: the music is on one and you just put it stuff. in like
0: Yeah. You'd have you'd have How tapes you... and you make your own tapes cuz it's just you just buy a spool of the tape.
2: And oh, then, how do you get right? the music onto oh, I it? And then you <laughs> have, so dumb.
0: So, you've got the tape, and you put the music on it, you record it on, and then you've got all these spools. And so, I have spools of various songs, and you can skim to, and you cue them up and everything. So, wow. somebody
2: requests a song, what do you do?
0: You have to cue it up. So, you'd have a tape that has six songs on it per side, and you'd have to put the reel on and get it spinning and then wow. fast forward and it, it uses cue mode so you hear it like a chipmunk so you, and then you find the spot the cue spot and you stop it there pause it and then as soon as it's time to play you, you have like three minutes to do it so
1: how's the sound quality is it the same as like a cassette well it's tape? what
0: studios used to use to record um, bands and stuff so it's wow. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's analog, but yeah, 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 but interesting. It's better than like a cassette. Wow, this is like the pro, the pro version of a yeah. cassette, I guess. Yeah, do you have one still? No, it kind of
1: looks like a giant. Cassette I decluttered. To me. Yeah. yeah, it really <laughs> does. Yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I lost that long ago, but wow, wow, oh, indeed, there are some people in the chat room who are like, oh yeah, I still use that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is Category 5 Technology TV, and our website is category5.tv. So, Sasha, we're not doing optical. We're not doing Wi-Fi. Right. We're good to go.
2: We're good to go. We're ready to rock.
0: Fantastic. If you've got some (laughs) feedback for her, head on over to cat5.tv slash CPU2017. We've got a few more minutes' time. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent.
2: (laughs) What shall we do?
0: Well... You're you're kind of get, you're getting into graphic design. How far into that are you?
1: Ah, so I've done, let's see. So it's been an interest of mine for a long period of time, probably mm-hmm. about a decade. And I did a year of schooling for it at George Brown College uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and I've done some freelance work, some for, like, uh, organizations related to the city of Toronto. Um, I had a billboard up um, at Queen Street West at one point in time. Um, so, I don't know. I've done a little bit cool. here and there. Are yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you a uh, Photoshop user?
1: Or what do uh, you do? Yeah, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, kind of the basic. Uh, so, getting
0: in the vector or...?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's Illustrator. Illustrator is all vector and related to more of the logo design, that kind of thing. Mm. But uh, a little bit of web design as well. So that's what I'll be uh, diving deep into this next year.
0: Have you ever heard of the GNU Image Manipulation Program, aka GIMP?
1: No. Really? No. So think Actually, about GIMP. It does sound familiar, but please explain.
0: Well, think about uh, Photoshop. Yeah. And it is a very pricey application, especially yeah, now it's that true. it's on a licensing model. Yeah, absolutely. Um, GIMP is essentially a, a, an RGB-only um, alternative, but it's absolutely free. It's open source. Oh, okay. So kind of like how Linux is an open-source alternative to right. um, to Microsoft Windows, Okay. or even Mac OS, if you wanted to go there.
1: Okay. So where would you, like, could you get it? Is it just directly accessible through the internet? Yeah, or? free download, yeah. gimp.org. Okay,
0: gimp. uh, so you can head on over to there to get the gimp. Yeah. Um, it's available on Windows, Mac, or Linux. Oh, okay. Um, so great. we're using it on Linux. Oh, great. Um, one of the neat things about um, Linux is that because it's free, and and gimp is, is also free, um, people think, hey, it would be really good to be able to do this and then someone codes it and then releases it for free. Okay. On Windows it's not the same because it's a proprietary environment the people who make it have to say, oh, we'd, yeah, we agree, that's a great feature so we'll add it in the next big release or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. right? So one really, really simple um, comparison, a little Linux tip for you, um, is Unicode characters Are we familiar with Unicode at all? Unicode is... So you think about the keys on your keyboard. You've got A through Z and everything else. Those are Unicode characters. But our keyboard only can handle 104 keys or whatever it happens to be because of space restrictions. And, of course, you wouldn't want a keyboard that wraps all around you. But Unicode itself... So the, the amount of letters, characters, numbers, and figures that are available to you are vastly larger than what's available on your keyboard. So you think about, for example, an M dash or uh, the pound sign for the, for the currency or the euro. Like, these are all characters, yeah, but how, yeah. do you, how do you type that into a keyboard?
1: Right, right, right. And
0: that's where Unicode comes in.
1: So is this available, let's say, in Microsoft Word as one of the language... Like, not languages, but one of the scripts, or... Well,
0: you can... You know? That's a bit hacky how do you, to how change do you, your font.
1: Oh, okay. You could change
0: your font to a Unicode enabled... or yeah, okay. Use the, the ability... Uh, you know, Word has a um, special character selector or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But we can actually type Unicode with our keyboard. Oh, okay. So, um... It's absolutely possible. In Word, using that as an example, and this is where Windows is very much different than Linux, it's a bit of a pain in the butt. Or it's not quite as, well, on Windows, it's not as universal. It works in Word Mm -hmm. and pretty much in nothing else. Okay. Maybe WordPad, but not Notepad. Um, Unicode characters have to be inputted in a special way. Um, So you have to, first of all, know the Unicode character. So I'm just going to hop onto Google here and type Unicode characters. And you can just do that and find uh, some of the characters that are available to you. So unico- unicode-table.com is a huge repository of them. And you'll just be blown away at what's available. So it starts with the normal alphabet, and then you get into kind of foreign characters and accents. Uh, we see a lot of that in the French language uh, in typing. Um, So, you know, being able to do uh, accent circumflex, (laughs) those kinds of things. All right. So once you know the character codes that you want, you see all those? Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. huge. Like it's just loading and loading and loading. Now, uh, on Windows, in order to do that, I need to bring up um, Microsoft Word. And then in order to type it, I have to press Alt-X in Word. Yeah. Punch in the Unicode number, hit enter, and then it converts into the Unicode. Okay. But it doesn't work in any other application. Right, right. On Linux, on the other hand, all I have to do is press Control-Shift-U, and it works universally. Oh. So to demonstrate that, even in, let's say, my address bar, I wouldn't be surprised if it works there. It did. So see what happens in Linux? It creates a U with an underline. So any application that I am in... So if I head over to, let's just bring up Pluma, for example, my text editor. Mm -hmm. And if I hit Control-Shift-U, now I have an underlined U. And you think, oh, that's an underlined U. Well, it's not. It's actually waiting for me to input a Unicode number. Okay. And then I can input it. So okay. we know for example, uh, an M dash is uh, two thousand fourteen. It's really easy to remember because the year just passed. Oh. Uh, okay. So if you ever need an M dash, it's two zero one four. The number is universal. So yeah. if you're on Windows, wow. you, it's still two thousand fourteen. But you just have to go about inputting it a little bit more roundabout because you've oh, got to go into Word, hit all decks. I see, I see. On Linux, I don't care what application you're on, control shift U and it's waiting for a number so it's waiting right now i'm going to hit two zero one four and then hit enter and it immediately turns it into an m dash wow so similarly control shift u and if i want to use let's say the euro symbol so two zero a c enter and there it is
1: wow so in terms of the the types of professions or people that use unicode most frequently who would that be well, or is it just for general users and the convenience of being able to create all of these different kinds of, of I guess, types characters of that characters that you don't have yeah, access yeah, yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's how. And, and thank you for the beautiful segue because at the beginning of this segment <laughs> we started talking about graphic editing and how does right. this relate to graphic editing? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look at a uh, web, what is traditionally used as a web developer's tool, and it's called Font Awesome. <laughs> Ooh. It's just like it sounds. So we go to fontawesome.io. And what Font Awesome allows you to do, and we've seen this on the show before, uh, Font Awesome allows you to use icon sets within a font. So on the web, we do this using CSS classes. Right, right. So if I need a snowflake or if I need a little fire logo right, or an ID right, card, right. all of these things can be used in our web design. Or, in our demonstration tonight, they can be used in our um, in our graphic design. Mm-hmm. but how do we translate something that 's built for web into something that we can use now in the GNU image manipulation program, or Microsoft Word, I suppose, because mm-hmm. if you 're on Windows, you could install this as well, the same way we 're going to do it here on Linux. But then you'd have to hit alt X and use the Unicode character. Because watch what happens here as I'm looking at these. So let's say the, you know, let's just pick one if I want the envelope. And if I scroll down a little ways, so that's what it looks like. And you see here, Unicode F2B6. So as long as we have Font Awesome... We can use the Unicode character F2B6, and it will create an envelope. Okay. Because it is a, a TTF, a font, mm-hmm. it can be any size. It's vector. Okay. We can scale it to any size, and it, will be, it can be huge. It can be part of our graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can use them as bullet list um, images, icons, those kinds of things. So in order to get it, uh, let's just go back to the home, and you'll see a button called Download. Nice and straightforward. And scroll down a little bit here. And we can just say no thanks. Just download Font Awesome for, unless you would like to uh, support them by purchasing the commercial release. Okay, so Font Awesome is downloaded just like that. We've got fonts, and we have all kinds of stuff here. Uh, looks like uh, we've got a TTF, which is a Windows True Type font, and then mm-hmm. we've got an OTF, which is an Open ty- uh, uh, Type font, and um, that is, you know, we can use either or. Um, on Linux, both are supported. If I open that, let's see here. I may have to extract it first. So I'm just going to extract that, throw it on my desktop. And on Windows, it's uh, it's no different. Now let's try opening this. Let's see. Open with Font Viewer. Let's see if it comes up. No. I've got a few different Font Viewers installed. But, well, hopefully that one will work.
1: I love how smoothly you're going through this. It's like watching someone... Do magic or something like that. Magic, <laughs> magic—the <laughs> magic art of Robbie Ferguson.
0: I'm gonna try installing it. I just hit install and let's see if that if that actually did it. Um, so I can check that by going into. Uh, thanks for the compliment, by the way. Oh yeah, magic, sure. You know, uh, let's just make sure that we've got the font. I'm just using this to see. So if I type in um, font awesome, it is there. Okay. So again, here I am in LibreOffice Writer. Uh, this is a free alternative to Microsoft Word, and I am using it in Linux. And because I am using it in Linux, what's the key combination I can use? Anybody remember? F2B6? That's oh, good one. That's the envelope.
1: Alt-X. Alt alt X in
0: Word. That's, if you're o- that's only if you're in Windows.
1: Oh, in Windows. On Linux, doesn't uh, matter what program U? I'm in,
0: control Control-Shift-U. Oh, Control-Shift-U. And then what was the code that you gave me?
1: Oh, F2B6. I'm not sure.
0: Let's try it. Enter. Way to go. (laughs) Okay, so now I've got that graphic in because I've selected Font Awesome as my font, Mm -hmm. and I can set it to any size I'd like, and it's going to be lossless because it's vector. Right, 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 of course. So bringing that over to the graphic design end of things, we can go into GNU Image Manipulation Program, and one of the things that we find, and you, you see this in Photoshop and other applications as well, is that bullet lists can sometimes be not very pretty because there's really no, like there's no ULs and LIs, there's no bullets per Mm -hmm, se. mm -hmm. It's all done through graphics. So Mm -hmm. let's create a really quick graphic. I'll just make something that's about a thousand by a thousand square. And then I'm gonna create a text layer. This is the GNU image manipulation program. It's absolutely free and available at gimp.org. So once I've created this, I can say hello. Hi, I'm really creative with my lorem ipsums. I can do that. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So if I want bullet points now, you know, traditionally we're (laughs) going to do Mm -hmm. a hyphenation or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, what I can actually do is we can hit, uh, let's change our font for this particular spot. We're just going to type in font awesome. And then I'm going to type control shift U. And what was the code?
1: Oh, F2B6, right?
0: There you go. Okay. So then I can I can either continue to copy uh, or continue to type that or mm-hmm. I can copy and paste mm-hmm. it wow. just like that. And now cool. now we're using an envelope, but it could be a check mark, or it could mm-hmm. be anything else. Wow. And because it's a font, it's going to be, it's going to be nicely matched up to the, the pixel height of the font that you're using, right, right. and those kind of things. So that's Font Awesome from fontawesome.io, definitely a great tool uh, for web design. Because it is a web font, you can use it um, just by specifying the CSS class, and, uh, and we've shown that again on the show before. Um, so head on over to category5.tv and do a quick search for Font. Awesome.
2: Sounds like I named it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. This could be
0: something that you could use in in business. Mm -hmm. And you've had it happen where, you know, formatting is different on one computer or something and bullets aren't looking quite right. Remember the checkboxes? Yes. So you, 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 know, you had a form where in one application it had a nice square for people to check off mm-hmm. on and this the, printout. And
2: then on the other one, it, the box already had an X in it. it as though Everything yeah, right. had already been checked off.
0: So you could install Font Awesome, the <laughs> mm-hmm. font, and then use the Unicode character for the square, and, and boom, then it would, you've got it. I love it. Fancy, fancy.
1: Awesome. Fantastic.
0: You just, you just <laughs> got a raise, Sasha.
1: Sweet. <laughs>
0: Anything else we need to cover tonight? I guess that's all the time that we have. Yeah. How did we wow. get here? Does the hour fly by or what?
1: It really does. I feel like the uh, adjectives are all so great. Magic, awesome.
2: Did it bring you joy? It completely did. <laughs> <laughs> There's a
1: spark right here.
0: <laughs> Can't ask for anything more. There you have it, folks. Well, I will uh, see you next Wednesday night. Now, you're going to be away. I'll
2: be away for two weeks. We'll and when she comes
0: back, she will no longer be Sasha Dermatis, but right. Sasha Rickman.
2: That's right. I'll be Sasha R2 instead of Sasha D2.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jeff will be here with me next week. We're going to be unboxing any of the gear that has arrived thus far. So you'll right. have to be watching from the wedding place.
2: Right. I, without Dave. So, sorry, yes. Dave. Sorry, <laughs> Dave. Got
0: to go. a pair of headphones. There you go. Uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun. So um, and head on over to cap 5tv slash CPU2017 once again and uh, learn uh, about what it is that we're doing with that build. So Shizu, it's great to have you here. Thanks for coming. And I hope you had fun.
1: Yeah, I completely did. This was a great experience.
0: Thanks for sharing the book as well. Oh, yeah, the life-changing sure. magic of cleaning up.
1: Of tidying up. Tidying up. Yeah
0: tidying up i can't (laughs) wait to get my copy it's cat5.tv slash tidy and we will see you again next week take care bye